Welcome to the Talk Safe podcast with me, Jess, and my lovely co-host, Emma. We created Talk Safe as a safe space for people to feel comfortable, to share their experiences, and to tackle sensitive topics. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And today we have the wonderful Cactus City with us. I've got the lovely Vanessa here today. Hi, Vanessa. Hello, Emma. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thank you very much. Just uh, hoping the weather's going to dry up a bit. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Where's the sun gone, hey? Honestly, it's it's be- we've barely had any sun this year. It's kind of been like a very know, sad, 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 sad. Yeah, it's so sad. How is it? <laughs> it's July in a couple of days, I'm sure. So yeah, I know any uh... any bit of vitamin D I have is completely gone. Um, <laughs> so sadly, we're meant to have Sally join us here today, but I know she's having bless her. She you said she lives in the country and her Wi-Fi's been mm-hmm. a bit all over the place. So we will have your mm-hmm. wonderful co-founder back with us uh, next season. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what Cactus sure. City is and, you know, your background would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and Vanessa, I founded Cactus City in 2018. So it was not, um, intentionally a commercial venture or, uh, or even a movement. It was actually just a studio that we created in response to a need that we had within the music industry. So I've always managed uh, a lot of female artists and we're just coming across a lot of issues uh, when it came to recording, people's professionalism, um, even just treating people in a way that was condescending or patronising. So we decided to create our own space. Uh, when we were looking to decorate it, we just weren't we were able to find any inspiration for what we wanted it to look like. So we just designed it from scratch ourselves, based it on... Um, Hollywood glamour to be honest if anything um, that's cool with a little bit I love of, it uh, of, uh, we wanted to have some plants in there so we, we put cactus in there because there wasn't much light and even though they usually are in dry places they also do manage to survive quite harsh environments and I'm really bad with plants uh, I've just thrown my last living plant oh, out so am I orchid, I kill which, them all <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad <laughs> I honestly this is where house I'm so glad it's not die. just me I mean I'm not <laughs> yeah, green fingered I'm <laughs> so bad at plants um so we brought in a, we brought in a few few cactuses which is you can say cactuses or cacti by the way both of those are correct um I, I learned that recently yeah, yeah. Cacti, I love it yes <laughs> so um we call it cactus because we just had cactuses everywhere and uh, one of the means behind it was it's because we, we weren't the only prick in the room to be on the cactus. <laughs> so that was that was where um, the name sort of came from as well. So there was like a few reasons, but now we sort of, it's, it's gone to a place where, you know, a cactus can survive in a harsh environment and the music industry is a really harsh environment for women. So it, it has developed into its own deeper meaning um, in that, you know, you, you, you need that outside that's a bit prickly to be able to survive and protect what you need to to be able to to keep going in in a desert as a cactus. You need that water to be able to survive. So that's where the the name came from. And effectively, it was one of those things where we're in a building filled with studios with loads of men in, and everyone was like, "Oh, that that studio looks good. You should design studios." And we people just started to get interested in the way that it looked. And then we started to have people come in um, 
to work with us so they come in to write and I do work with with male producers it's not that we're 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 not anti-men in any way we're actually pro-men we think patriarchy damages men and it's not it's not helpful for for most men actually um and then they realized that actually it was a space that was beneficial for everyone because they didn't have to have Mm. this sort of awkward moment of trying to figure each other out what do you really want to be here for have you really invited me to the studio for a legitimate reason like people realize that actually this is a place where it's been designed for us we've been thought about you know we we have fresh slippers we have blankets you know lovely sofa and yeah yeah well we wanted to have that feel as well we wanted that sort of like spa relaxing feel and it to feel like a living room and not to feel like you're in a in a intense environment because not only can studios be intimidating for you know just reasons of safety they can also be intimidating just because it's it's hard to sing in front of people even if you're a seasoned singer and even if you're a professional it's, it is difficult so we want it to be an environment where people can feel relaxed easily and they can actually just do their best work so that's I guess that's the bandana history of it. Oh that sounds awesome I mean I really love that in order to feel uh, to really thrive and get the best and be the most relaxed you kind of just need to feel that you're in that sort of safe environment and you touched on Mm -hmm. you know it really allows them to kind of just focus on what they're doing rather than all those outside influences of oh are they what are they thinking are they watching me am I being judged you know is what I'm wearing okay I could just imagine Mm -hmm. I mean even when I walk into a group of people, I think those things, and especially maybe if mm-hmm. it's more male-dominated than female, you you do have those concerns. And I'm sure your feedback was probably just overwhelming with it. Completely. Um, you know, in the first in the first few months, we had Spotify come down. Actually, we um, had so much support uh, from a lot of different people, but we also had a bit of pushback. Actually, interestingly, from people who thought that, yeah, that people who thought that that wasn't the way to fix things. Some people found the colour pink patronising, but I just happened to really like that colour. I was going to say, it wasn't built as a commercial space initially. Um, But most people thought it was, you know, incredible. They were really grateful for that kind of a space. And even we had rappers come through and they really love the space. You know, we've had rappers tell us it's their favourite studio that they've been to. And they're able to have... Can you yeah, give me a name drop? Take their bravado you... away. Um, probably shouldn't do, but um, it's it's just interesting how they they were able to be more. I guess they could explore their their emotional side. And my dog's about to go nuts at a fly. Um, a bit more now, which was really nice. Actually, able to like not have to put on, you know, a front. Yeah, they I could bet. actually be, I guess, more themselves and and get get in touch with their feminine side without without you know feeling any type of way I guess it was it that was one of the nicer things actually about the space as well as being able to to um bring lots of women through and see how relaxed they were that was you know my favorite thing about it actually being able to bring people through and then be relaxed and the amount of brilliant songs that came out of it has also been just you know it's been overwhelming to be honest um so it's it's been good feedback I just really love that you even touched on the importance of even men feeling like they can open up because I think mm-hmm. you know the one thing we will dive into is you know women's safety and how it feels to be a woman and you know as you discussed 
you originally set this out so women could feel more comfortable but I suppose mm-hmm. a byproduct of it has been that they've been able to open up themselves which did you actually anticipate mm-hmm. that when you set it up not in any way shape or form did I anticipate that I didn't even think about that and I think that's the problem that we often have with men and women is that men don't realize what our concerns are going to be and we're not going to think about what their concerns are going to be because they don't they don't affect us they might they impact us indirectly but directly we're not feeling those feelings so you're not always thinking about the problem until you know it exists so often um like with the work we're doing with our charter there's certain things that we, we're asking people to do that seem really simple, but they aren't simple to people who don't realise that they're not doing the right thing, if that makes sense, because you just 100%. don't know. So we, didn't, mm. we didn't anticipate it at all. Um, and, you know, it, it, it has helped integrate um, men into the process because I think it's really important because we can't fix the issues that we're facing alone because, you know, as women, we can't just separate ourselves completely we need to be able to be in workspaces and those spaces need to be and feel safe and they need to be and feel welcoming so that we can do our best work so um the fact that it's been helpful for men as well I think that's really helped and it's really helped with bringing on allies that are genuine and actually care about the cause in a way that it was easy for them to come on board because sometimes it's quite hard for them to get on board with feminist movements but I think that's been helpful for um that process as well Wow, it just seems so multi-layered and really impressive because what has started out, it being, you know, just, uh, not just, that's the wrong word, but, you know, just one sort of area, it's now just expanded out and you're just kind of bringing everything all in together and it, it just sounds so interesting. So can you tell me a bit more about your charter of good practice that you're setting up? Because I'd love to hear more about sure. that as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so of course, one of the things we want isn't just, you know, we don't want us to be the only space that, that feels safe. We want other studios to be able to, um, take on board best practice, revisit their best practice and actually see if there's things that they could potentially be doing better. Um, so we've set a a chart of good practice, which has 10 points in it, um, which we're asking studios to sign up to, uh, the very simple pledges. So things such as just the, one of the most simple ones is just to greet women as they come in the room. Um, these pledges have been based off of conversations we've had with women, our own experiences, the research that's going into uh, these issues. It's the same thing we see said over and over again. Um, I think it was, it might have been Women Make Music or She Producer posted the other day, tell us you're a woman in music without telling us you're a woman in music. And it, all the comments underneath were related to studios. They were related to people speaking to the men, not speaking to them, people assuming that men had produced music that they'd made. So it just seems to be so common because it is such a male-dominated space. Um, so that is, that's what it's based on. It's based on people's real experiences. And it's just, again, it's just to bring in those thought processes because the majority of studios are owned by men of things that, women might need that they might not have thought about because often they are small businesses they are run by one person so they don't think about the additional needs that other people might have they just think oh just you know they're coming here we're going to make some music and then um you know they're going to get the music sent to them and often that's what happens but then sometimes it's a casual industry alcohol gets brought into the situation quite a lot people often end up drinking and having a casual more casual um 
feel within the within the space afterwards that's quite common within the music industry it's we're making music so that's 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 the nature of it that's what music's really for it's for people to feel good it's for party environments it's, it's at festivals so um it it's it's just bringing in some best practice around those areas and um one of the things that we've got in there is thinking about people's journeys home um because often studios are you know in warehouse buildings they're not in the the um i suppose i don't want to say safest but they're not in the most residential spaces because you can't have a studio in a residential mm. space because you're making a lot of noise um so it can it can be quite daunting getting home often you might not be near to a main station as well because you can't be near train tracks because the vibrations impact the actual yeah. studio recording so there's lots of technical reasons why you can't be and often sessions go on really late so people will stay and do really late sessions so they might actually miss all public transport as well so it's thinking about people's journeys home is, is a is a big factor in um in the uh charter as well which it's actually something that I hadn't thought about myself until it had been brought up by other artists because again it's that once something doesn't impact you as much because you've been removed from a certain situation like I've been lucky enough to be able to you know always get um you know a registered taxi home like I've always been in a situation where mm. that's not that's not an issue or, or, or a lift from a friend or I can drive whereas I, I haven't thought actually you know 10 15 years ago when I was a younger artist I was getting last trains home I was getting on, oh, you know, know, buses. I was walking because I'm just so removed from it. So it's those things that you have to have reminded to you as well. You know, not just as being a man, but also as being in a in a situation where you know your lives are different because because class impacts these these things as well. A hundred percent. And I mean, it's definitely something that you know here at Walk Safe that we've been obviously discussing quite heavily. Um, mm -hmm you know one of our biggest um pieces of advice that we give to our users is for people to share their journeys home and you know mm -hmm. to always inform someone but like you said if you're um an artist and you're coming home at three in the morning are you always going to want to wake someone up and be like hi I'm going home now do you want to follow my journey it's just I can imagine mm -hmm. there's so many barriers that it's not like I'm just popping to the shops at like 2 p.m on a Friday um so yeah they would be facing a lot more um many more challenges than uh you know you mm -hmm. or i would be during the day so i can completely appreciate that um mm -hmm. <laughs> oh has he found the doggy found something a fly yeah yeah holly what's this what's this i could even hear it buzzing she's she's back come on calm down oh go. good god dog good girl um do you feel <laughs> that people um do you think that people have been opening up to you so you were talking about um you know the chart of good practice and people showing their experiences and kind of uh you know it, it helped you to base you know all your decisions on trying to help mm -hmm. create a safer space was that because people felt comfortable to share how they felt with you and how did that kind of come about um I think I've always been one of those people that people have felt comfortable opening up to early on. So often I'll meet people and they'll tell me a lot about them very quickly. I don't know why that is. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the best listener in the world. I'm always trying to be a better listener. Like I think that's one thing that I will say. I do try to listen more because, you know, it's it's really easy to speak and speak about yourself a lot. And I'm really good at that. 
Um, but I do think it's important <laughs> to listen. And I've always, I'm always there to offer an empathetic ear. And I, I don't judge people. Um, you know, from yeah. my own background, I've had such a varied background and I've gone through so much. I just don't judge people for their life choices and for, you know, things that potentially people might have, you know, unless you're going to kill someone or you don't, unless you're actually hurting somebody. I don't, you know, my moral compass is, it, I suppose it doesn't, it does exist. Obviously, hurting people is, is the only thing I think is where I'm like, okay, that's not okay. You're going to do something that hurts someone. I'm not okay with that. But anything else you choose to do, as long as you're happy with it, I'm okay with it. So people often do open yeah. up to me. Um, and I wouldn't say that they've done it more since. I think, because I'm quite open about my experiences, I think people are often, they find it easier to speak to me about theirs. Um, and I also don't like to compare people's experiences. I, I think I totally whatever you've had happen to you, if that's happened and it's impacted you, then that's that's impacted you, regardless of what someone else might have been through. And that's a valid experience and that's a valid feeling that you have. Um, so I think that that also makes it easier for people to speak to me about things. And I also just won't tell people, like, you know, this person's told me this specific thing unless I specifically ask them, am I okay to share this this story? Or, you know, would you be comfortable with me, me speaking about this? be it anonymously or whether people would want to be named, which is, is not, you know, not very often that people would want to be. But, um, you know, I've just, I suppose that element of discretion is really important. It's really important to me in in, in all elements of life. Um, so, you know, because you've just got to be comfortable, like consent in its, in its, you know, consent as a concept isn't just for things that we always think about it for, it's for, for other things as well. So I think um, that's, a, again, another reason why I suppose people have, been happy to share their, their stories with me but I wouldn't say it, it, it's added um, an additional layer to people sharing the stories I think I think it's just giving them a, a space to come to I think if anything yeah. um, we, we, I suppose we're not really a plat- platform for that and there are platforms that are amazing at that at like inviting people to um, bring their experiences but at the same time we would never say don't come to us with your experience. And if there's anything that we can do, yeah. and there's any sort of signposting, if there's anything we can do to offer to help, even if it's just to listen, then that's, you know, we are here for that. So it is something we want to have eventually. Like we'd like to have counselling space within our, um, you know, within our studio building. We'd like to be able to have those facilities. Um, that is something that we think is really important. And it's important to help people back into the industry if they've been through traumatic events because um, we don't want to see people leave the industry because of that we want to see people see see that people are facilitated to be helped to stay in the industry if they want to stay I think that's so great I mean you really are trying to create this sort of m- m- like multi-layered um, community which I love you know you're inviting people in for a safe space you're giving them that opportunity to express themselves and you know I I think you're completely right I think people lead by example and sometimes and we've definitely seen this here at WalkSafe that you know it takes for I think for someone to open up first and to show to someone Mm -hmm. that you know it is uh it's it's not easy doing it but if it helps one other person or if it enables someone else to not feel alone and know that you know someone Mm -hmm. else has gone through it I think those things are just so vital and they can have such Mm -hmm. a great impact even if you're not aware of it at the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. completely I think you, you know you're completely right there um that it just it's just that 
helping one person and and I think yeah. that is a big a big um I suppose part of the ethos that I personally live by if you can help one person with some of some of your actions then you've done you know you've done a good job a good deed yeah definitely exactly I I, I completely agree do you think your own personal experiences have helped push you forward in this journey? Do you think when, you know, you set this up and you work with Sally, did you ever think, do you know what, I've either come back late or um, from the recording studio or I've had someone judge me or did they sort of like those sorts of emotions and those sorts of experiences like push you forward to do this, do you think? Completely. <laughs> Frustratingly, um, it's one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of people say it's a credit to me, but it's one of the things that frustrates me the most is that if I see a problem and there's something I can do about it, then I won't leave it. I'll always do something about it. So I think my personal experiences, we, they were, there were just too many of them. And it just got to a point where it was just so frustrating. I was like, we have to, we actually have to do something because if we don't do it, no one else will. And at the time that I did it, there was lots of people talking about these issues, but no one seemed to be doing that much in terms of something physical. And of course things take time, but I really needed an immediate fix. I was like, you know, it's it's like it's it's like yeah, the plastic bag. It's issue. like you just don't want everyone you, yeah this is it you just kind of don't want there's a lot of chat, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of mm-hmm. momentum, and then these things mm-hmm. just die out don't they I mean yeah, we're having completely. it now with WalkSafe which is the reason why we're mm-hmm. trying to you know to have these really important discussions through TalkSafe mm-hmm. because we don't want this to die out we do think these mm-hmm. discussions are vital and you know what you're doing is incredible and we want to voice that we want that out there in the world we want more people to kind of see what you're doing and I think the only mm-hmm. way you're going to do that is by like you said putting your best foot forward and thinking do you know what even if a handful of people listen to it then it could help someone mm-hmm. out of that handful like you said it doesn't have to be masses of Completely. people it's just Completely. even if it's one person we're just here for the people that need us and I think that's that's really key you know we're just here for the people that actually you know not everyone's going to need us and we actually prefer that people don't um, we prefer yeah, we prefer that we're in a world where we weren't necessary, and yeah, or needed. You know, totally, time, agree. yeah, completely. Like as soon as there's a day that we're not needed, we'll be we'll be happy. That won't be a bad thing for us. Yeah. We would be really, really, really happy about that. But we are here to be, you know, there when we are, and and you know, if there ever comes a day where people do need us and they thought they didn't before, then you know, we have no judgment in in them coming to us, even if they said that they thought our idea was completely trash. Yeah, you know, which you know, we're not going to hold that against anyone. Which they wouldn't, no but I know what you mean. Um, so tell me a little bit how you and Sally met. How what? How did the process kind of happen? Was it organically? Was it kind of? How did you know each other for long before? So um, Sally had just come off the Voice, actually. So she was in a girl band, and that doesn't happen very often on the Voice. It was often a lot of solo singers. I think it was the first year. That they had a duo, in fact, and um, she just came off the Voice, and they were looking for a management company, and they found mine in the unsigned guide. Um, so they wrote to me a really, you know, a sweet email, very specific about my management company. And you see a lot of emails, unsolicited emails, sort of people saying, "Oh, we posted you our CD. 
and you haven't given us any feedback. I'm like, you haven't done that. You, you absolutely, that, that, that does happen. You absolutely haven't <laughs> popped your CV, CD through my door because um, I haven't got any CDs that have ever come through this door. Uh, but they wrote a really kind message about like a feminist um, fronted management company that I had. And she was actually my client. So that's actually how we met. Um, awesome. And it wasn't until after actually I stopped managing the group that um you know sort of about a year later I sort of asked Sally if she wanted to come on board and I just thought she might run the social media maybe or you know do some a little bit of marketing for me but she actually came on board in such a huge way that she's now obviously head of marketing and she's really instrumental and we've got a marketing team of 10 so you know she's just brilliant and we haven't actually started putting any money into marketing yet because we're actually even at a point now where we get so many inquiries already that we'll be really overloaded if we actually start putting you know money into it which yeah. is a great place to be in it's a really really good place to be in and and she's a really 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 big part of that you know, I'm really really lucky she's incredible she's an incredible marketer she's an incredible mind she's just so brilliant and you know often and this is the case of both of us people will look at us and think that we aren't bright and that's such a frustrating thing still in 2021 yeah it's, it's very, very, very I've, got, I've got the blonde hair so I get it even more <laughs> it's it's just so 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 annoying but she's just a genius she's genuinely genuinely just so intelligent and you know I'm just really I'm really lucky to to work with someone so amazing I mean my, my whole team they're incredible we've we've managed to have such an enthusiastic group of people come work for us they all really care about the the issues they're all they work outside of yeah. hours and I'm always trying to tell them stop I need you to have a work-life balance like I want you to just you know this is a space for healing and it's a space for growth and it's a space for expression but also please that means work-life balance it means take your time off it means please don't work at weekends but the, well, you know you've got everyone, the dream it's one of those team, things where you want like... to yeah they're just brilliant honestly we're, I'm really 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 lucky with with the, the team that we have so how long have you been running for now how long has this team been together so we initially started the studio right at the end of 2017 was when we first um opened the studio but we opened it to people I guess other people (laughs) we're not like we're not people other people in um, (laughs) early 2018 and then it was 2019 obviously the, the pandemic hit um, mm. And we were just about to move spaces. So we were leaving our space um, because it was in a warehouse building. And we thought, actually, we need something where we have more control over the, the doorway and things like that. Um, so because we again, we hadn't intended it to be the commercial venture. So we needed different, we had different needs at that point. Our needs had, had, had changed and we weren't able to move then in in February. So just kind of just planning, actually, just spent loads of time planning. And then at the end of um, so mid-2020, after all the... Oh, it was 2020, sorry, when the pandemic hit. It was early 2020, so February. Um, it was sort of mid-2020, I said to Sally, just, just, just you mind coming on board? And then she just came on and we just grew it really, really quickly. And then it's 2019, November, is when we actually incorporated the company and then decided to take on staff... Um, because we were going to take staff on, basically. So at that point, we were like, we have to incorporate the company. And we took a team of 10 on. Um, and we hired our 10th person two weeks ago. 
Oh, it's awesome. I mean, sky's the limit. What What are your plans for the future? Where do you see it going? Uh, Plans-wise, what we'd like to do is we'd like to um, extend the, you know, the consultancy, the ethos to other businesses. So other businesses within music, not just recording studio spaces, but also businesses outside of music, other media companies, you know, professional environments, such as even financial environments, law firms, wherever feels that actually maybe we're not actually doing, you know, what we need to do for all women to, to stay, where these, these glass ceilings are their barriers to um, entry to work. So that's one um, space we see ourselves moving into, uh, which we're actually moving into a little bit already. And then into rural education. So we'd like to work with more rural councils, actually be able to um, bring good music education to those rural spaces because often it's people in those malaligned communities that are more vulnerable so you know they see this big dream they want to be in music they think they have to be in London so they are making these journeys to London potentially to work with people that might not be um have their best interest at heart so maybe there's actually spaces in these rural communities that they can make the music there they don't have to be in London we have the internet now you know I've just watched one of my favorite artists Doja Cat have a massive viral hit and then become one of the biggest artists in the world off the back of off the back of that. So you don't need to be in a specific space um, to, to be able to do to do music. So I think that's another thing that we really care about. So both from um, we're both from South Yorkshire, uh, and we spent a lot of our time okay. travelling down to London when we were artists ourselves. So you know, Sally was an artist since she was sixteen. I was an artist in my teens as well. So we've we've had these experiences. So there's this, you know, those those things we'd like to do is is go into rural communities and actually provide them with with this this help. We've had a few councils reach out to us actually, which is nice. Um, so oh, we're going to see brilliant. what we can do to work with some councils and actually work on on their music hub stuff, um, and build the the media side of it really. Like actually, loads of content. We want to be able to get the word out there. Hopefully, we can change these figures. We can get more people, more women in the, you know, in the studio and, and actually hope, hope that they stay there past the age of 35. So, oh, you know, well, often that's people, another problem, people isn't leave. It? <laughs> yeah, that is one of the biggest problems is that the entry is still is 50-50 for men and women into the music industry. But then once you get past the age of 35, it like rapidly drops off for women and they aren't in the, the higher level roles as well. So do you feel that, you know with the work you're doing and the space that you're creating that is something that you really feel that you could hopefully make a change in because it really does feel like you, you know you can you've got that sort of backing and it seems to be doing so well I could just imagine that it's going to take someone like you guys to try and make something like this happen mm. well firstly thank you it's really kind of you to say that and well, secondly, I hope true. so. <laughs> I really do hope so. There's, I mean, there's so many different um, organisations that sprung up for women in music in the last few years, which does show that there's a problem to say there's so many organisations mm. that have sprung up in the past few years, like in the last sort of five, six years especially. Um, but it does show that, that we're at a point of people don't want to take it anymore and there's a point of change. So there's definitely, definitely something in the air that actually, if we create this circle of lots of different organisations that are trying to do something, and it's not about, you know, the people, often, it, like you say, it does take take people 
behind these organizations to push them it does take the the right people to do that but so long as they're focused on doing it for the right reasons I do think that there's going to be significant change and I think there's a lot of things that have changed within media and and people's perceptions of it so you'll often see if a woman speaks out you can see that they're being set up a little bit to be you know torn down and be called crazy and I often see that yeah. you know they'll 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 use certain terminology about being angry or being you know completely irate or they'll they'll use very specific terminology to try and brush people's um, testimony under the carpet or sort of try to make it seem not legitimate and I think we're very used to um, the media doing that I think we're used to people because it's not it's not the media it's people behind this um, you know it's human beings that are making these these decisions on the wording and wording is very important and you know the lang- language English language is very specific so if you're using specific terminology we can see the the undertones that, and the connotations oh, that are yeah. there and we we're used to that now and I think that you know I look at the my team a bunch of gen z's they understand that as well they can see through it so I'm glad that they can because they're now you know they're also no, this is going to happen. We can see that this person's doing good work, even though those undertones are there. So it's nice to see that these things are changing because I think we all we all know now when, you know, we can see that we're being turned against a certain person within the media. Like Taylor Swift, when she tried to take control of her music again, she was made out to be like the meanest person in music. She doesn't really seem that mean. So, <laughs> you know, but she was trying to take control of her music and her career. So... I agree. I think there's still, it's quite taboo to be a strong woman with a voice. Mm. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you do too well or you're too in the limelight. You could be too fame hungry or too attention seeking. Yet if you were a male and you were doing the same thing and it comes back down to even, you know, just... Uh, being provocative I mean again a Mm -hmm. woman would be asking for a a guy would be a lad Mm -hmm. it's just all those sorts Mm -hmm. of things that I think like you said I'm sure you see it a lot more given the industry that you're working in so I mean these frustrations just must be ever present for you they are it is so frustrating it's one of the most frustrating things and I've often said look I don't want to be the face of this because I don't want people to 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 say those things because often they do, and then I have so many people pushing me, including investors, saying, "No, people invest in people. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to put your face forward." And you know, I'm lucky; all my investors are actually men because they actually believe in what it is that I'm doing. They actually see a benefit for it. And unfortunately, yeah. it's usually men who are in a position to be able to invest. Um, yeah. But it's 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 just you know we're very careful with how we present things because of that and we shouldn't have to be careful we should be able to be ourselves that is something that we should be able to be without having to worry about that and as you say we're torn down for the same reasons men are lifted up and that's really really very annoying it's one of the worst things that I feel goes like on sometimes but... we can't win can we I mean no. I, I just feel like you know you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and hence mm-hmm. why you know it, it is always lovely to hear that you know we're not men bashing that you like we all keep saying throughout this conversation you know you've had you've got men who do join the studio you're very welcoming you've mm-hmm. got great investors who are men they see there yeah, they believe mm-hmm. in you you know it always comes back to it's not all men but it is all women mm-hmm. and we can yeah. all say I felt that way I've been in a room mm-hmm. someone's made me feel like this I mean a mm-hmm. girlfriend today um she works for a 
a bank in London and mm-hmm. a male colleague decided to ask another female in the room has she had work done on her face and if so what and my friend just sat there and she was like I can't really believe that um he's a said that in front of a room full of people and b that he's critiquing what I look like or you know mm-hmm. how is this acceptable and I think it just happens mm-hmm. all the time you know it it, it was a nothing comment for him but it mortified her um mm-hmm. she shouldn't have to justify what she's had done if she has had anything mm-hmm. done and I think mm-hmm. these sorts of things just happen constantly so the more we challenge them like you said and it's great you've got a team of you know people around you who are forward thinking and who do sit mm-hmm. there and think actually no I, I I might actually challenge that and you don't have to challenge it in an aggressive way it's just actually like you said just it's just by asking the question or sorry what did you mean Mm -hmm. by that or would you like to repeat that or you know just Mm -hmm. I don't know having that little bit of a voice which you know we should have I think absolutely and I think it's I used to try and make it funny but I don't really find it that funny anymore (laughs) really to be honest I you know it's worn off (laughs) I I, I love a laugh like yeah you know I'm all for banter like as much as everyone puts that as a lad word um you know my, my group chats are filled with it you know I've got I've got <laughs> some of the funniest people around me that that uh, the I mean they've just banter is all they live for and these things just aren't funny they're just certain things that they'll sometimes they'll even say these things to me like if they're trying to do the banter and they, they think oh that's a funny woman joke that is where I draw the line I'm like no this isn't funny yeah making fun of people's oppression actually isn't funny even if you think it's banter, no. it's not. Because actually, there's nothing funny about an oppressor making fun of someone who is oppressed. There's just nothing funny about no. it. So I just, I know, I just, you know, I'm very, very ready and willing to call these things out um, now. And I didn't used to be. I do think it takes. Oh, a bit I agree. Of age, I'm like you now, and I, I... think it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it takes a bit. Oh, of time I never of, used oh, to be. God, <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I it's, definitely think the older you get, like you said uh-huh I think you, yeah. you you get to a point where I don't know about you I'm not gonna ask your age because I wouldn't do that uh, ladies don't tell but I'm over 30 now and I think being over 30 and being in multiple roles and having children has just you know made me feel a little bit more confident in myself to you know speak back and like you mm-hmm. said I, I used to make lighter things I mean the amount of people who come up to me and go do you want to hear a blonde joke what why like why would I want to hear a blonde joke about, about me being thick like how's that funny what um, kind of question is it. that they do I they mean, absolutely do they absolutely absolutely do and uh you know I I used to be uh you know I used to dance on bars and I've spent a lot of time working in performance and people can they just expect expect so many different things of you they just think you know your behavior is going to be inappropriate because of the nature of the work that you're doing and they assume because you go out to the casino after you've finished work to, that you're some sort of party animal because of you've you know you've, you've been a dancer and you've been working in these environments um and I think that was one of the most annoying things for me when I was in my 20s um not being able to speak up and just say no you know what if we go to the casino it's only because that's the only place that's open it's only the same thing as you going to the pub after work yeah. but we just happen to be dancing at a nightclub so therefore that's the place that's open for us but just being able to just respond confidently to these questions and you should, like I shouldn't even have to justify that situation you don't have to justify 
you know anything to anyone and and in any way shape or form most things aren't any of their business but it's it is that confidence is important and and being able to speak up as a woman I think is important because as you say it's often being told that you're aggressive or you're loud or even rude or a bitch is often the word that people like to use so it's um it is nice to be I think getting to 30 for me as well was something that I was like okay this actually feels a lot better than I thought it would. Feels nice. Maybe people will take me seriously now. They still don't, but I'm making sure they do now. So <laughs> I agree. And I think that the one thing I always used to find, I don't know about you, was people to get the two words aggressive and assertive mixed up. Mm. I mean, the amount of times I'd get called aggressive and I'm like, I'm not being aggressive. I'm being mm. assertive. I have mm-hmm. clarified what you are saying to me and you mm-hmm. can't handle that. So now mm-hmm. you're challenging me. And I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing that um, I think I've always experienced is that if you do try and stick up for yourself, there's, mm-hmm. you know, that word thrown around and it's, it, yeah, it really grinds my gears because like you said, it's, all you're doing is setting a boundary. You know, you're just setting a boundary for yourself, which people have to respect. And rather than respect your boundary, they would rather be defensive by calling someone aggressive. And that then shuts down, you know, what you're trying to say because they're saying that you're the problem when actually all you've asked is someone to respect your boundaries. So, you know, I think that that is something that is, I think it's purposely misconstrued a lot of the time actually I don't think it's a it's an innocent thing a lot of the time to be honest yeah I agree I mean thinking about um these sorts of things and these experiences and how other people have made us feel and you know the whole women's safety debate and you know all of the Mm -hmm. it's not hashtag it's not all men um what do you think and I know it's a bit of a loaded question but you know what do you think men could do to kind of help and support given you know what we said and I think sometimes male privilege some people can be very unaware of it you know Mm -hmm. there are a lot of lovely guys out there who don't realize how they're coming across or if they said something Mm -hmm. or you know I I don't believe for one second that you know we're talking about all men as in doing all the worst sorts of things like killing Mm -hmm. someone or Mm -hmm. you know sexual assault it could just be Mm -hmm. uh saying something that could offend or hurt someone um Mm what do you think a simple thing someone could do to kind of help us in that situation what could a man do what what would your advice be um i mean before you know it, it depends on if, if if it's a bystander um you know if you can say something that often does help if you are aware that that's a problem say something you do unfortunately men seem to listen to men more than they listen to women, um, but, but say something. Use that privilege at that point to, to say something and call something out. If it's the case that someone has told you that you've done something and you, you, you weren't aware, then listen. Don't react in a way that you become defensive. I think that often happens. People get really defensive. They get really upset. They get very flustered. And it makes things worse when actually later down the line, you might realise that you know, well, actually probably was wrong, which hence why I probably got so defensive that that mm. doesn't lay out space for a, a good conversation um potentially someone might have reacted in a way that they were angry they were likely legitimately angry they don't have to respond in a way that 
you know you find acceptable if you've done something to someone and they've got angry about it and there's a reason why sorry my dog's i don't know what she's barking at now <laughs> she'll choose anything it's, it, it sounds just like probably children walking past um and it's you know it's, it is tough i think just you know being aware i think and even if you don't say something at the time because you know, we're not expecting men to be our protectors, you know, at all times. But if you can yeah. even just say something afterwards, like potentially you've seen something or, you know, everyone's different. You might, you know, you might feel scared about stepping into something yourself. But if there is something you can do, whether it's, you know, alert someone else's attention, approach someone afterwards to see if they're all right, any of those things, there's there's always potentially something that you can do if you have seen it. You know, don't do nothing, I think, is what what I'd say is the main piece of advice overall well that's brilliant I mean you've covered about three things in that so amazing (laughs) I mean I agree see something say something and like you said as well if you you know if you don't feel like you can say something at the time revisiting it and talking to someone Mm -hmm. at a later point again amazing advice um yeah I agree with everything you said I think that's it's brave if people can and like you said we don't Mm -hmm. want people to be our protectors I love that statement because of course we don't Mm -hmm. we just want people Mm -hmm. to be a bit more aware and I think everything Mm -hmm. you said is just spot on um so we tend to wrap up our podcast with three questions a past a present and a future so Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind my first question to you is what advice would you give to your younger self um to my younger self I'd say keep doing what you're doing don't change anything that you are doing for the sake of anyone else's opinion so if you don't want to do something and you're doing it for someone else just do not do that <laughs> that's that's that is the biggest piece of advice I give to my younger self that's great I love it stay on track and you do you I love it mm-hmm. um Second question, where do you feel the safest? Um, Where do I feel the safest? So I used to feel the safest at uh, my spa. So I've got a spa membership. But obviously since COVID happened, it's been closed. And that, oh. that makes me very sad because that was the place that I felt the absolute safest. I used to do my grounding exercises there. It was also underground, so it felt like I was in a bunker in case, oh. you know, something did happen. <laughs> so it's it sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, it really, really, really is a beautiful place. Um, and, and I'm not telling anyone where it is because I don't want people to come and join. I was going to say, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a great secret. I'll let you know. But, but I, <laughs> I don't good, want thanks. people to come and, and know that there's a membership option um, there. But they're, they're, there was only 20 members in total anyway. Um, and then I think now it's just at home. So, you know, I have had my own house. Um, yeah. I actually live I don't always live with my partner because I've got a partner and we don't live together because um, I actually just need my own space. Like I'm one of those people that some days I just want to be completely on my own. I don't want to be disturbed by anyone. So yeah. I've just created like a, a, a house. <laughs> yeah, I've completely created a house environment. With your dogs. I don't have you to don't need anything that. else. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that's not for everyone. That's absolutely not for everyone. But I think for me, it definitely adds to uh, a longer term relationship and a happier a happier space to be honest 
Oh, I agree. I, I'm here for that. I mean, my husband snores. So if I could kick him out of the bed several <laughs> times a week and have a lovely sleep, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Honestly, um, it just brings question. so much peace. Oh, it, it does. I get it. Um, <laughs> what change would you like to see in the future? So that could be, you know, uh, wider or that could be in regards to you guys. What, what change mm-hmm. would you like to see? I would like to live in a world where a woman could go out after dark and go running and not feel any kind of nervousness or any kind of way about that or or to the gym or to any of these spaces where we feel those nerves before we leave the house even if we don't you know it doesn't always seem rational it's just the natural way that we feel because of experiences that we've had and as you say it is all women that have gone through these things so that's the world I'd like to be in, a world where those things, that that stomach feeling just doesn't come anymore because it doesn't have to. Well, you've answered those perfectly. Um, thank you so much. It has been an absolute delight. You are an amazing guest. I thoroughly enjoyed having you. And I've obviously really missed not having Sally. So I think we're going to have to get yeah, both of you too. back. Yes, definitely. And then oh, have another podcast. Nice absolutely yeah the oh, dream I'm so, team I'm so the sorry team. yeah she's you know what I think it, it's it's sometimes nice to build up to both of us because we can be a lot so. oh well bring it on bring it on I can't wait that's a challenge now yeah, awesome well thank you so much for your time and we can't wait to speak to you again soon speak soon thanks so much Ella Thank you for listening to the TalkSafe podcast, sponsored by WalkSafe. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Good ones only, please.